0: We are hurting people, and we live in a hurting world, and that's natural, but forgiveness is supernatural, and we're on that journey. I am learning. You are, I hope, I invite, are working on not just learning about forgiveness, but actually practicing it. And we're using a model from a man named Ev Worthington, Uh, it uses the acronym REACH, RECALL THE HURT, but do it in a different way, and we're going to focus on that a bit more today. And then empathy. Offer empathy to the person that hurts you, even though it's hard to do that. And then the A is for altruism. Make forgiveness an altruistic gift, not something you just do for yourself. We'll talk more about that. And then C, actually commit to the decision to forgive someone. And then H, hold on to it when it's hard to hold on to. The Apostle Peter, in his first letter, writes this in chapter 3, verse 8. Finally, all of you be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, Be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. That's generally what folks did in the ancient world. That's mostly what we do. We'll talk about that more later on. That's not today, but in the future. Uh, It's the law of reciprocity. Lots of stuff to cover here. You want to be a part of each one of these. Uh, On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. And what I want you to notice here is that Peter connects humility with the ability to repay evil with blessing, to be able to forgive, to be able to love your enemy. And there's a reason why Peter makes this connection. We'll talk about that in his life in a couple of moments. But the idea today is to look back and recall, to remember only in a different way, redemptive memory, magic eyes, to look back and in God invite God to be a part of your memory. Uh, look back and remember, not in a way that just rehearses my victimhood. Or if you're working on receiving forgiveness, and I know I've heard from lots of folks, how do I forgive myself in receiving forgiveness? Look back on it and don't just look at myself as a villain. Invite God to be a part of my recalling, my memory. So the invitation today to cultivate a sense of humility is I want you to think about a time in your life when you did something wrong, when you were guilty, and you experienced the gift of forgiveness. And think about the warmth and the gratitude that this produced inside you, the sense that I am free, so that you can want to recall the hurts that you've received differently and be motivated to want to give this gift of forgiveness to somebody else. And I'll get to my own experience or one of them in a minute. But I want to start with something that I read some time ago from a guy who was so well written. I emailed him and we had communications with each other. His name is Mike Green. And he actually is not just a preacher. He is a teacher of preachers. But this is part of what happened in his own life. And he describes it so well. I want to kind of walk through his account of it. He says, when a colleague and I were invited to be part of a former student's installation service, we agreed enthusiastically, traveled together into his town. Joe had many family members come to the service, so we were surprised when he told us we were all going to eat out that evening. I wondered how all 19 of us were going to get in and out of a restaurant in time for church. I suggested my colleague and I go ahead to the restaurant, put our name in the waiting list. The restaurant was packed. I wiggled through the crowd to the front of the line and found an Amish man. I was just in Lancaster County where this took place a month or so ago, and uh, Amish and Mennonite folks all over the place there found an Amish man standing behind an old pulpit. Next to him was a hand-carved sign, Please do not give your name until everyone in your party is present. Have any idea where this story is headed? I understood the reasons for this policy, but I also knew it would take a long time for a table of 19 to be ready. I said, Yes, the name is Graves, party of 19. The Amish man with his beard and hat looked at me and said, And is your whole party present? Haltingly, I said, yeah. Okay, I lied. But it wasn't as if I was trying to beat the system. After all, even the smaller parties were waiting 30 minutes, so we'd be putting in our waiting time too. No big deal. But my colleague disagreed. You lied to the Amish, he said. You shouldn't lie to the Amish. Like, you know, Baptists and Methodists. Yeah, it's okay, Pentecostals, no problem, but not the Amish, dude. By the time they call our name... I said, "Joe and his family will be here." Two minutes later came the announcement: Graves' party of nineteen. I went back to the Amish man and said, "Yeah, the Graves party. Well, uh, not all here yet." I was nervous now; may have giggled a little. The man looked me in the eyes and asked, "Did you lie?" This was a restaurant. This was the lobby of a restaurant. Dead silence. It was as if we were in church. The people immediately around us waited, wide-eyed and wandering. Everybody's watching him and the Amish guy. I replied softly, yes, I lied. This is a guy who teaches preaching. Come with me, he said. I could not imagine what he was going to do. What kind of punishment do the Amish hand out to liars? I pictured stocks or caning. We followed him through the restaurant to the back where he opened the door to a banquet room. A huge table was set with bread and jams. He offered a gentle smile. Have some bread. You are forgiven. Now that's the beauty and the power of what it is to know that you are guilty and that there is that kind of heavy weight of wrongdoing and shame attached and then to be told have some bread you are forgiven so i want you to think back what's the time when you experience forgiveness It's easy to be judgmental and superior towards the people who have hurt me when I'm just thinking about the wrong that they have done. This is part of why this whole journey of forgiveness is so important. You can't pursue it without seeking God's help to become the person that I'm supposed to be that I can on my own. And humility is a part of that. But what I remember when I did something wrong and I was expecting punishment and then I experienced forgiveness. I was remembering once when I was in sixth grade and I was at school. And uh, I carved my initials to a wooden desk. So it was not a real bright crime. I mean, it's one thing to carve something into a desk, but when it's your own initials and your own desk, this is not Phi Beta Kappa material. And of course I got caught. And I thought, oh man, when my dad finds out, I'm gonna be in so much trouble. And then I waited till my father got home and he was so gentle and he was so understanding, even though I couldn't come up with a good explanation why. I'd, and it felt so good to not be in the kind of trouble or experience the kind of darkness that I thought I was going to experience. And I thought of so many other times, things that run much deeper than that, times when I can remember having cheated and I look back on it now and I still feel the hot shame of that in other times. And there's something very, very helpful, not in being, I'm kind of beating myself up over what I've done wrong, But remember, I am too somebody who stands in desperate need of being forgiven. And so I don't want to stand as a superior over somebody else in judgment over somebody else because then what about when my turn, my need for forgiveness comes? I mentioned at the beginning the Apostle Peter who makes this connection between humility and uh, being forgiving towards other people. And it made me think about A primary time in his life when he experienced this, you might remember one of his uh, worst faults, greatest guilt, is when he denied Jesus three times. And we're told in John chapter 18 that when that happened, it was cold and dark and he was warming himself. It's interesting, John has this little detail in front of a charcoal fire and he denies Jesus not once but three times. And then, as you might remember, at the end of the Gospel of John, John chapter 21, Peter comes in from fishing. He jumps out of the boat because he recognizes it's Jesus on the shore, and Jesus is cooking breakfast. My wife says the main thing that people should take from that text is Jesus was a man and Jesus cooked. And he made fish, but he also made bread. But John has this little detail. Um, He makes it over a charcoal fire. And then as or after they have breakfast, he pulls Peter aside And just like Peter denied him three times, Jesus asks him three times, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? He is deliberately inviting, causing Peter to go back and remember that threefold rhythm, only now to remember it redemptively. And he's doing it over a charcoal fire. John says Jesus is cooking, and he uses the same little word, You know, olfactory, the power of smell is said to be the most emotionally powerful. Peter is smelling that same smell that he smelled when he denied his Lord three times, only now he is affirming his love for him three times. It is redemptive remembering. This time, he's inviting Jesus back into it. This time, um, the very person that he loved so much that he denied that he hurt is reaffirming his love, is reinstating him to the mission. And so Peter took that. Be loving and compassionate, be humble. Don't repay evil for evil. He knows what it's like to be on the receiving end. So today the invitation for you is to remember what's something that you did wrong where you have experienced forgiveness. And if you're struggling with something that you've done wrong where it's hard to believe that you have been forgiven. Um, spend some time with Jesus around that, in front of the charcoal fire. You might actually remember what it is that you have done wrong, but this time remember it together with your friend Jesus. And hear him say to you these words, you are forgiven. Very helpful to involve our bodies in this. Maybe may be very helpful for you to write those words down on a card and carry it with you. You are forgiven. We're on a journey to forgiveness. Forgive us our debts, as we forgive.
1: Thanks for joining us. At Become New, we want to grow spiritually one day at a time. But it's tough to do that alone. So we're offering a little more support for anyone who would like to work on putting the content into practice. You can sign up to receive a text at the end of each week in this series asking if you completed the here's how portion for that week. If you want, you can reply to the text and let us know how it went or if you need prayer in taking those action steps. To sign up for the end of week reminder, just text the word MORE to 855-888-0444. And we'll put you on the list as always to receive the emails or video links by text. You can let us know at become new.com slash subscribe. If you're already signed up for the emails, but aren't getting them, try checking your spam folder or better yet, you can add us to your contact list. Our email address is connect at become new.com. If you need prayer, we're here for you. Text your specific prayer request to 855 888 0444. There's a team of us who meet each weekday to pray specifically over every person who sends a text in. We'll catch you next time.